Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. Shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak and it's the Thursday 10. It's week 14. We'll get to a film review of the Titans game. A look ahead to the Giants. Lots of mailbag questions this this week, Benny Souls. By the way, lots of mailbag questions about like off-season stuff. I'm not going to we'll, we'll, we'll dip our toe into that. But listen, we, we got a lot of weeks to fill here in like One of the nice things about a winning team is you can do the off-season stuff on schedule instead of being like that's a right. four-win team. This guy's are talking about it now. That's right. Then we'd already be doing draft free agency. All right, let, let, let's kick it off right away. Thanks to everybody for the questions. I was thinking, you know, if you leave a review and ask a question, like, then, uh, you know, I, we can start doing this. Like, send me a, a little screen grab of your review with the question, and I will guarantee we get to it. Because I know some yeah. of you, my Trey, my Trey Sermon guy out there is getting frustrated, but come on, man. I Listen. Um, Trey so, Sermon. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, people have been like, oh, I keep missing the tweets. Well, if you just send in a review and it's just sitting there. Then, like you know, you get get that's in the true. Proper. We do this every week, so it's not like you know it's gonna it's not gonna be used. I like that. I will check the reviews on what's the Wednesday mornings every week, so you don't even need to send me a screen grab. And if you have a question in the review starting now, then I you are guaranteed to get onto the Thursday ten. It might end up being like the Thursday three hundred if yep. we get a lot Just of feedback, longer and longer but, hey, preview shows. That's okay. You're right. Let's get to it. All right. Question number one, as always, offensive film, Benny Souls, you called it Jalen Hurts' finest game, I think, as a yep. pro in our uh, in our post-game pod, watching the film, what stood out? Do you still uh, stand by that assessment? Yeah, I, I think so. A uh, bit easier of, an, of, a, of, a, of a day throwing the football than I thought it was. Like, I was really impressed with, like, the dropback stuff and everything. Uh, the Titans really didn't heat Hurts up the way I thought they would heat Hurts up. Now, they didn't get the Eagles into a lot of third and longs, and I feel like that's situationally where they wanted to do it. That's the nice thing about having a, a running threat like Hurts is you can have him 
under center in the pistol in the gun tight end attached tight end spread close receivers running back in the backfield running back behind him no running back empty formation doesn't matter on first and 10 you still have to worry about the design run like we can be with no backs in the backfield and be running qb draw and so it, it you know the eagles are showing very clear pass looks that would be like you know formationally this is pass on first and 10 for any other team but the titans are still you know with, with like they're not <clears throat> excuse me they don't have their edges like diving off the line of scrimmage right away they don't have their guys playing fast downhill because they're worried about the run and they don't want to run blitz and send pressure because hertz gets up the middle on that then all of a sudden it's a one-on-one in space and now it's an explosive play so the threat of the hertz legs makes the passing game simpler and easier but then hertz still was just accurate for the entire day lights out the mist uh the the it's not really a drop because it was a tough throw but the quez Watkins free rusher throw on the first drive man mm. Quez brings that down. Yeah. That's, one of the be- that's one of the best throws of Hertz's career. If Quez brings that down, um, you brought up. Also, the, uh, by the way, not uh, sorry to interrupt you, but that's a play where I feel like you know, plenty of weeks this season, Hertz is just all right. I'm going to get out of this and scramble and make a play, and like he just right. stood in there and he had to throw it early. And you're you're right. He gave his receiver a chance. That I, I was impressed by that play. There's also, uh, you know. Why is that man unblocked? Why is there an unblocked pressure coming off Hertz's right side? Well, it's because Hertz thought that player would run with the flat, run run with the, the motion player. I believe it's Jack Stoll, might be Grant Calcaterra, yeah. heading out to the flat. And once that unblocked pressure comes, really what Hertz should do is say, all right, if he's not going with the flat defend the flat receiver, there's nobody there defending the flat. Let me just get this ball out into space right now, and then we can run after the catch. You know, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a great spot. There's nobody in that area. Instead, Hurts, with a lot of dip on his chip, goes, well, I, I'm seeing that deep safety drive down, so I can throw Quez over the top. And then he rips just a beautiful football. Left side of the field, layered throw, like all the stuff that we talk about is like, maybe Hurts isn't as good throwing the ball to this area. All of that wrapped in one play. Like he's getting hit. Big boy throw. And again, like I don't want to call it a drop because it's a really tough catch for Quez, but still impressive throw, impressive catch attempt. Like Overall, it's just like, wow, that, that, that's a quarterback's got a lot of faith. And, and, and has gotten a lot better at some of the weak parts of his game in terms of throwing the football. So that play stood out. Um, you talked about the fact that on the Devontae Smith touchdown, uh, the, uh, the the throw probably wasn't that great, and it, it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? So there was a miss there. There was a timing miss to Devontae on the far sideline. So there's, there's, there's absolutely throws that he missed. There was a clean pocket in the third quarter that he left. They didn't need to leave. You know, like, you know, play here or there that you don't like. But altogether, very impressive from Hertz. Uh, the, the extra... Uh, you know, flower I want to give to the coaching staff said they made it a little easier than I realized. Remember that Cardinals game where the Cardinals walked out and just kept on going four by one, right? Four strong, four receivers on one side of the formation, isolated backside player, and the Eagles had no idea how to handle it. It's a Eagles, Shane Steichen a month yeah. later. You know what I'm gonna do a lot of today? AJ Brown. We got a yeah. little, little four by one, baby. And 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 they're 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 getting in those strong formations. What they're what they end up getting is when they go four strong, four receivers to one side, is you get six defenders over it. Six over four. It's how the Titans check to it out of their quarter stuff, which means you're at one on one backside. It's a good day. When you have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Christian Fulton gets hurt, it's a good day to get a one on one backside. So very cool to see. The Eagles struggle, and their quarters defense struggle with the Cardinals going four by one. Particularly, the Cardinals ran the football, uh, and then they did like screen stuff out of that four by one. Uh, but you, you saw them struggle uh, against that, and Shane Sykin goes, "Oh, that's interesting." And a week, uh, month later, is like, "Hey, let's press that button that, that we saw do some good work against us a month ago." It's really cool. This coaching staff does a lot of really, really impressive stuff. Uh, the first Devontae Smith third down also like it looked like it was going to be mesh set, and then it's Devontae the backside. Like it's just really. It's a good offensive coach stuff, man. They've really impressed me over the last few weeks. 
Well, yeah, I mean, just to explain on that one further, you, you posted the clip of that. I mean, mesh they run uh, every week off it. You know, they, this is a staple play. And uh, Devontae Smith, instead of running that sit route uh, over the ball, breaks out in like a corner or an outbreaker. And again, look at look at the clip Ben posted uh, on yeah. Twitter. You, you can posted see the, the, uh, the Jack Stoll Tampa 2 rip. That's a great clip. Yeah, well, well, what was funny about this game and one of the notes I wrote down was like, we talk about the low volume playbook. I mean, this might have been the lowest ball. They were spamming plays over and over. Like I wrote down, I don't know every pass concept. And so when I know one, I, you know, I, I wrote it down and every other play felt like four verts. I mean, I don't know how many times they ran four verts in this game, which, you know, many, many of you would know, but it's, you know, four guys running straight down the field. The inside guys can, uh, you know, either run down the seam or, or bend it inside and then and you usually have a back in the flat, which Hertz, Hertz would just hit the check down, uh, not in the flat, but just a check down uh, in front of him to, I think it was Miles Sanders, a couple times too. So yeah, the throw yep. to Calcaterra and the throw to Stoll, I mean, those are the same throws, the same play uh, for Hertz. They ran it other times. Uh, they ran the, the play with the screens to both sides. They ran that multiple times. So this was just like, hey, if it's working and they're not stopping it, they ran the four strong. Uh, I think they ran that on back-to-back plays, if my memory serves, in mm-hmm. the uh, in, in the second second half. And so uh, I like that. We've said before, we like that, that when a coaching staff is like, we don't need to rethink it. We don't need to say, oh, but we installed this play during the week and we really want to get to it. It's like, if it's working and it's not being stopped, go ahead and, uh, and keep doing that. And that, that really stood out in this game. Yeah. The, I think the repetition and like clear spamming of the past concepts is because they were in more of a drop back passing approach than they really been in quite some time in terms of like run heaviness and also RPO option heaviest. They were just very drop back right. pass heavy and they only run a few concepts and they adjust that they side adjust the concepts and then they run wrinkles to them. And it's simple. It can get covered up, right? Like that Colts game always stands out in my mind as guys just kind of like knowing where the routes were going to break and being on top of it. But at the same time, like you can know as much as you want to know. If you can't cover AJ Brown, you can't cover AJ Brown. And that's, that's where this, this, you know, I just wrote about the Titans and I wrote about uh, John Robinson getting fired. This AJ Brown move, man, like if we if we get to February and the Eagles are still playing football, like it's the move of the offseason. Like it's it's more than like the Dolphins training for I guess maybe the Dolphins are also playing in February and then we have a conversation. Yeah. But just like the the way the the, the Eagles passing offense could not remotely, not nearly get away with being as simple as they are. It's 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 not a criticism, it just is simple. So it's the nature of the offense. They could not get away with it without a player like this. I, I, I remember when I did wide receiver rankings before the season, I had A.J. Brown as the fourth best receiver in the league. And I feel like that was a, that was a hot take. And this was like, like, you know, just off of the Titans. So it wasn't like anything Eagles related. That was a hot take. It's like, well, he only runs a few routes. And like he dominates on those routes, but he's not as diverse as the other guys. Well, here we are like a, a eight months later. He only runs a few routes. He doesn't have the same production as the other guys. But man, when I, when I watch him... And 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 the and the the routes that he wins and the strength with which he plays, like I've I've so much difficulty listing five receivers better than AJ Brown. Yeah, I think he's right there, and he's what twenty four years old. I mean, those trade that you mentioned. I mean, it really could be an all time trade where you get a receiver with a Hall of Fame ceiling when he's twenty four years old, with you know what seemed to be great intangibles, work ethic, uh, and all those things. So yeah, that that's going to continue to be talked about. Uh, a couple other things I had written down. I mean, Jalen Hurts' ability as a scrambler, not in this game, but in the previous. 
12 yep. weeks was almost the, the foundation of this game because we talked about it after the game and it showed up on film. The Titans on many of these reps are just not rushing the passer. And you nope. think about the Titans, they are a T, they are an aggressive physical team. I mean, Jim Schwartz is the freaking defensive advisor for them. And they're sitting there not rushing the passer because they don't want to get burned by Jalen Hurts scrambling. And then when they did the offensive line, uh, stone, the defensive line. I mean, I don't remember a game watching a quarterback with the, as many pristine pockets as Jalen Hurts had in this game. I mean, it, I forget someone said it was seven on seven, which really like to a large degree, it was. I mean, he was even even when pass protection holds up, usually it's getting a little muddy. There's someone kind of close to you. I mean, he had uh, more space than anyone you could think of. And we'll get to the defense in a second, but. I definitely have not seen a game where there was a bigger contrast between what one quarterback had with his yep. pocket. I mean, Ryan Tannehill didn't play a bad game. Ryan Tannehill had no chance in this game, but you know, with just the protection and the receivers he was working with. I mean, he did not get a pocket like Jalen Hurts had uh, all game long, really more than uh, two or three times in the entire game. So that was another thing that really uh, stood out to me here. Let yeah, me see the, what else. Uh, yeah, we, we we mentioned it on the immediate post-game show, but it bears repeating. So I've seen some like, wow, the Eagles offensive line dominated. They did. But the Titans defensive line were not trying to win some of these reps, man. Yeah. Like the Titans defense line, and, and this has happened on, on previous film where like the Eagles have had less incredible offensive days where they just sit on blocks and they wait for Hurts to break the pocket. The only way that works is if you've got everything covered up really well. And the only way that works is if even when A.J. Brown's covered, Hurts decides not to throw it and then tries to scramble. So it's strategic. You're saying, like, you know, what would you rather have beat you, Hurts as a thrower or Hurts as a scrambler? And the Titans said, we think Hurts is more dangerous as a scrambler. We think he's more dangerous running the football, so we're going to force him to be a thrower. Not a bad idea. But when Hurts has games like this, that increasingly becomes a less tenable idea. And that that's the sort of sensation that can vaunt Hurts into like the true upper echelon of quarterbacks. Like, you know, <clears throat> that like we, we had the Hurts versus Kyler conversation a few weeks ago. We've had Hurts versus Lamar before. And it's like, you know, uh, okay, he's playing better this year. Like what really will have him take the next step? It's if he can continue to have games like this where teams dare him to say, all right, beat us in the pocket with your arm. And Hurts responds with 400 passes mm-hmm. yards and three touchdowns. Because like, once, once you yeah. string together a few of those, now teams can no longer in good conscience say like oh we, we just play for the scramble now you become a really complete player and that's that's where like the hurts jump will be will be like market right it's not like development's not linear it usually comes in these fits and starts this feels like the start of a, of a big jump if he can do that what he did against the titans against the giants do it again like, do it against the saints saints are still a good defense and then bring it into the playoffs and do it then like now we're entering hurts as like legit like top eight top seven quarterback conversation so if 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 there's going to be yeah. a time where like you know, we go back to edit our opinions on Hurts and we go, wow, he's like, he's, we call him fringe top 10. Like, what if he gets like above that? It'll be because he has opportunities like this to beat teams from the pocket when they're daring him to. It was really impressive. Uh, another way to win a game, no doubt about it. He was, uh, he was fantastic in this game. We'll see what they do against the New York Giants. All right. Defensive film. Uh, what stood out? I can, I can start here. You know, this was. Please. 
we've I feel like we've been fair with Jonathan Gannon, but certainly more on the critical end. Uh, this was a game where the defense just looked so well coached to me. I yeah. mean, in the passing game, they, they knew what concepts were coming. They didn't hesitate. Uh, they passed stuff off when they were playing the match coverages against the run. It really was a team effort. I mean, James Bradbury, I thought was awesome in this game. And we've said that most weeks this season, but he got in there uh, and tackled Derrick Henry uh, early on a couple times. Darius Slay had one later on. Brad Bradbury had a, a pass breakup. Bradbury had the near pick six on the screen where he knew exactly what was coming. Like those are, you know, all those things you see, and it wasn't just him, all that stuff you see where it's, you know, you're writing down a different name every time they have a, uh, a run stop. You're looking at, uh, it's not a matter of guys being wide open and Tannehill missing them. Like there are not guys wide open and then just complete domination up front and then young guys like uh, Blankenship coming in and not looking overwhelmed and looking like he knows what he's supposed to do. I mean, those are all signs of good coaching. So I'm absolutely going to give Jonathan Gannon uh, credit yep. in this game. Uh, it, it, they, they were really impressive. I mean, I, I would say this is as impressed as I've been with an Eagles defensive performance in the last two years, which is a, a great sign as we enter sort of the last month of the season here. Uh, you you got to bring a chin strap played get Derrick Henry in this Titans uh, offense, right? And when I, when we previewed it, I was like, you get Derrick Henry to the second level of this defense, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Marcus Abstreet, Blankenship, Julius Scott, the Titans are going to win. The Titans did not win. Firstly, they struggled yeah. to get him into the second level, but secondly, like, like, unbelievably huge shout-out to Marcus Epps, Kaiser White, and TJ Edwards. This is the fastest the Eagles' second level has played all season by a mile, which is coaching. That goes back to Gannon, right? It's all year long, it's like, you know, we're going to be slow to fit the run. We're going to try to play multiple gaps. We're going to try to steal a gap in the running game, so on and so forth. Then you get Derrick Henry and these Titans. And if we were going back to like our 2021 impressions of Gannon, where he would get teams that had good matchups against the way he played, and it felt like he just did the same nonsense all the time. Like, you got to like yeah. adjust, man. You got to be flexible. To, to come out and like on the first runs of the game, like TJ Edwards is flying downhill and hitting somebody. Kaiser White is flying downhill and sticking his nose. 320-pound guards, all 225 pounds of Kaiser White just trying to hold a gap, right? Like, like you brought up, Bradbury and Slay stepping down. Like there was such a very clear like, okay, we're going to play fast to fit and we're going to play physical yes. and we can do this. And I, I said it on the pod. Like I was about to say, I would not have told you. I did tell you that this was not going to happen. <laughs> I, like, that I did not think Gannon was going to be willing to do this. And he did. And the fact that the dudes that they have, who they've, they've, they've brought these players in, Kaiser and, and, and Marcus Epps and, and the corners, to run the typical Gannon defense, the fact that those guys still had what was necessary, physicality, mindset-wise, to do this on a one-week is so important. It's so critical because that's, that's what like, the playoff, playoff game planning is going to be. That's what game planning to face the Cowboys is going to be or even the 49ers running game or game planning to face like... Who's guys? The Seahawks. Like, I don't know. Like, Seahawks are like a big physical team, right? Kenneth Walker, they got big tight ends. Like, they'll do this. That's what it is. You, you're going to have to put guys in uncomfortable spots. Guys haven't played over the course of the season say, this is what we need from you for 60 minutes. Uh, very, very impressive. So, and a great game to highlight, particularly the strengths of, of guy, a guy like Epps. Like, for, for every, all the issues I have with Epps in coverage, and Epps is an in-space tackler, man, it's nice to have a box safety who really just doesn't give a hoot. Like he is, he is fast. He wins blocks against against wide receivers, and he is super aggressive taking on contact from guys that are bigger than him. And it's very, very disruptive. Uh, uh, the other guy who deserves a huge shout out is Josh Sweat. The improvement of Sweat as a pass rusher over the course of the last few years, and now certainly this year on the second contract, he and Hassan Reddick kind of both being the one A rusher of this group. He had a great day pa- rushing the pass rusher. But do, lest we forget, the first way Sweat started getting on the field 
and the first splash plays he started to make as a player were his splash plays against the run. That didn't go away. Now it's very much on feature in this game. Titans are trying to block him up, double teams to tight ends, tight ends to tackles, no business. Sweat is too long, too fast for these guys, man. Yeah. And, and, and the disruption that he creates cleans up that second level for the guys to come through. Wonderful performance by, by, by the front eight against the Titans. And then, yeah, the, uh, the passing game. That was like big brother, little brother stuff. Like Tennessee, like you yeah. don't want to be here. Philadelphia, we do want to be here. That was na 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 na. Like yeah, they they were on every concept. They're like you know we got Zach McPherson going from the second level deep middle. Reed Blankenship keying down. That was cool. Just yeah, sitting, waiting for in breaking routes. Like you just got like the Eagles like sixth and seventh DBs who know the routes. It's just not. It was that was that was. That was ugly. Like that was just that was just tough to watch for the Titans. <laughs> They're just not a drop back passing team. They got put in drop back passing situations so much by the success of the running game, and then the Eagles just sat on them. Just just sat on them. Really well coached. Yeah, they they had no chance. Yeah, Fran Duffy I think posted the clip of the one play uh, Ben's talking about, which was cool, where the Eagles are, are kind of in a too high look. Uh, they're playing dime. I'm like, oh, why is Zach McPherson out there? And McPherson drops back as the free safety, uh, and and it turns into cover three. Tannehill holds on to the ball. Fletcher Cox sacks him. Uh, that that was cool stuff like that. I mean, Blankenship looks like he knows what he's seeing uh, mm-hmm. back there. He was not. This wasn't a play where you go. Well, there were a couple plays where you know the Titans didn't capitalize, but. Uh, uh, you know, he did the wrong thing. No, I, I didn't see uh, any of those. I thought he played really well in this yeah. game. And then just the D-line, D I mean, uh, you mentioned it, Sweat, Reddick, Hargrave. I mean, those tackles were like on the ground as much as you'll see. And then, by the way, Brandon Graham still getting it done. I know he's not playing as many snaps. He had a couple yeah. reps in this game where you're like, oh, the power is still there for uh, Brandon player, Graham. Right? He's knocking a right tackle on his butt here uh, just with his hand. So everybody was kind of getting it, uh, getting it done there on the defensive line uh, just uh, just a very very impressive performance Jordan Davis I, I didn't Jordan Davis didn't look like he was ready to come back I no, don't know if it was won. a re-aggravation very or uh, just dealing with the injury Which but the fact yeah, I would that say like, take it easy back, with him I think shows yeah. how much they cared about this game and about the run defense yeah. but also the fact they hustled him back to then play a position he didn't play previously and to not right. be very good in it is just such like <laughs> guys relax you signed two extra defensive tackles chill uh, but like, yeah. like he only played what six snaps like they they pretty quickly yeah. were like okay we don't need to we're all right we don't need to be doing this um so yeah the uh Reed Blankenship's an important player right now because he plays deep safety he, he kind of gets protected right like it's not like he's like up like you know in the trenches in the tight areas where his athleticism is really going to be tested but he's he's smart he knows what he's looking at he understands route concepts like he's he's absolutely his head's above water yes if he remains a functional deep middle safety. He's not going to like create a ton of plays. Like Chauncey, for as much as we made fun of him for like lucky interceptions, was still like creating plays. He was still like, you know, shying off routes and whatever. Like he was in the right spot, yada, yada, yada. But if Reed continues to look this fine, then you can do five defensive back stuff, which like the Eagles are a base five defensive back team. Chauncey, Marcus Epps in the three corners. But you can go big nickel. You can have a package where you go three safeties, right? And even in their dime stuff, you can go three safeties. Have Reed be deep middle. Marcus is your strong safety as per usual. And now Chauncey can come down and play over the slot. That's really nice. That's really, really nice for the playoffs. Because Chauncey is very, very good at, at playing over the slot. It, uh, I'd be very curious to see what they would do right now with Maddox having been out the last few weeks if Chauncey were still healthy and Reed were playing like this. Because if Chauncey were healthy right now, like I know Maddox came back to practice, Given the way Josiah Scott's been picked on, I would imagine they would try to play 
three safety, big nickel, and have Chauncey be their primary slot. And they probably look better for it. They don't have that because Chauncey's not available, so that's kind of a hypothetical. Yeah. But I bet you once we get to full health secondary and we're in playoff time, they're going to have some packages where, where Maddox is either off the field or they're in dime, and they go three safety and they get Chauncey in your line of scrimmage. And that'll be a nice wrinkle for this team. That's if Reed continues to, to hang, which he is so far. Yeah, they've they've got a, a a lot of options. And Davis, I think I think he played two snaps when like the game was competitive, and then I think he was in there uh, at the end. Which again, yeah, I'm not sure why you would do that if he's dealing with the injury still. So we'll see how much he plays. But it was Linville Joseph in there uh, at nose. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will come back and get to your questions. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, number three, Joe chimes in, says, love the pod, loved your work for years. Again, everybody's doing that now. You guys are quick learners. I appreciate that. Uh, he says, with their young franchise QB, solid young players throughout, and a promising head coach, could the Eagles be at the beginning of a dynasty? And I know you probably say, oh, it'll settle down. They didn't win anything yet, but I, I understand what Joe is asking. I mean, yeah. you look at this team. I, I wrote about, I've written about this. You know, they've been mired in mediocrity since that Super Bowl win. Now, you can point to playoff appearances. If you look at just win loss record and point differential, I mean, they've really lucked out on being in a terrible division. And in my opinion, they've been chasing the sustained success of like the, the Reed McNabb years uh, for a while now, and they have not been able to achieve it. And I think right now they're in a really good spot. Listen, anything can happen. But if you kind of think about this and just take a step back, uh, you know, you can think about a Hertz extension this offseason. You don't have to, by the way. He's still under contract for 2023. You've got the core in place offensively. The only free agents you have are, say, Amalu, Sanders, and Kelsey. 
Kelsey might want to keep playing. If he doesn't, you have Jerkins, and then you're talking about a guard and a running back, two of probably the most replaceable positions uh, on offense. Everyone else is under contract, and many of these players are probably reaching their primes or not in their primes yet when you talk about guys like uh, Goddard and Smith and A.J. Brown. Defensively, it's a different story. You're, you're going to have to fill uh, a, lot of, a lot of holes there or decide on a lot of your current players in the offseason. But uh, I hear what he's saying. I mean, you look at Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, and a strong offensive line. You have a chance for sustained success offensively and then a chance to kind of figure it out defensively. You have a coach who it looks like connects with his players and is able to adjust week to week based on personnel, based on opponent. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch. I think it's their bet. Now, Dynasty, that's like sort of a different argument. Are you talking like, are they going to win multiple Super Bowls? Pretty much no one wins multiple. (laughs) So, I mean, even Patrick Mahomes is not winning multiple Super Bowls yet. So I'm not going to go that yet yet but if you're talking about do they have their best chance to just be a team that's in the Super Bowl contention for the next 3 to 5 years consistently I kind of agree that this is their best chance to do that since the Reed McNabb days Yeah that's the thing is like whenever I I I I have this take all of the time Brady Belichick broke our brains in terms of what is expected over top teams year in and year out. Like, because pretty much like everybody, like, yeah, everybody's most recent football memory is that in terms of like everybody who was watching football was watching that happen or at the very least was like aware of it as just like part of like a national discourse that we think, okay, like the elite teams, like the best team, they go to 50% of the Super Bowls. No, it's very, very hard to do. It's And like, we're talking over like a decade plus, right? Like you, you have your like, Jim Kelly Bills runs and like whatever, but that like the Eagles NFC Championship game runs another good example. Like that's more of what like a dynasty looks like. Like you can have these like strong pushes over the course of like three to five years, and you can have like what the Chiefs do, where like the Chiefs are just always in in in, in the contention for the number one seed, always in the contention for the division round for the conference round. But that's really what dynasties look like. It doesn't look like Brady Belichick. So as long as that's our expectation, yes, the Eagles are are in a position to build that out. It's worth remarking that. Other teams are slash have been recently in that position, right? It's not like, oh, wow, the Eagles are in that position right now and like they're the first team since the Mahomes Chiefs. That's not really the case, right? Like the Ravens were in this position. I would argue the Chargers were in this position, right? When you like immediately got these young quarterbacks who were playing at MVP levels, which isn't even the case for the Eagles. Like they got to pay Hurts relatively soon. These have been in this position. It's really, really hard to get everything right consistently enough to actually develop that level of sustained success especially when and this is really important relative to the eagles you look at high roseman's draft history roseman is very very good at at seeing what advantages his team has and then leveraging it to get the most juice out of that squeeze right so like real okay like we have hurts this is how we're going to build it this is what we're going to prioritize okay this is our window rookie quarterback contract boom go he's a very good like reconstructor very good like all right this will be the theory yeah if you want to build a dynasty, you're going to have to constantly be up against the cap, which means you constantly need early production from young players on rookie contracts to stay afloat. Drafting is not really where Howie <laughs> makes his money, right? And so the Eagles are much more so a team, I think, under Roseman that's going to be cyclical. They're going to have a couple years of contention when everything is right, and then probably, uh, barring you know a, a, an improvement in the draft cycles, then have a downswing where just the, 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 they have to pay the piper a little bit with the way that they build out their contracts and the fact that they don't have young players who are stepping in 
And then they'll, you know, kind of swallow the pill. They'll they'll get a bunch of dead money off the books and they'll kind of restart. I think that'll always be the case with the Eagles. It doesn't mean it's always a new quarterback. It just means you have to be able to draft well if you're going to have sustained success. And that's where the Eagles struggle. So I view them as more of a cyclical team, but absolutely, they're on that doorstep. It's just, it's a really tough doorstep to get over. Yeah, I think uh, Zach Bourbon used to always make the point that rebuild, like you just said, rebuilding is sort of how he's greatest strength and this is probably his, you know is his, I think his finest work at doing that but now it's sort of a different uh, a different phase uh, where you're around the margins and making tough decisions and where are you going to invest resources to give yourself a chance I mean there will be a year where everybody gets injured you know and you just don't have a chance at it like in the next five years there's probably going to be right. a year like that where you're just like alright you know, they'll, they'll be first in football outsiders adjusted games lost and go alright that was a wasted season so yeah a lot of things uh, have to go right they've got good injury luck here this year they are in the unique position though of i mean they, they got that saints pick is is there for them whether they use it or don't use it they've got that pick they've got their own pick they haven't given up resources um towards the future to build this team yet and so you know just in terms of the draft capital that they have they do have that and they have an owner who's willing to spend and willing to move off of you know bad decisions quicker than i would say almost any other owner in the nfl which i think we don't talk about yeah. enough uh with, with the eagle like that's a luxury for a GM when your owner's like, oh yeah, you know, we screwed it up with this Carson Wentz contract. Yeah, go ahead and uh, trade and we'll take it on the chin. Like that's not going to happen in every place. So I think that's another thing they have working in their favor. All right. Question number four. Eden asks, if Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon get head coaching gigs, thoughts on the possibility of Frank Reich and Vic Fangio coming in for them? What do you think? I cannot emphasize enough how quickly Nick Sirianni will hire Frank Reich in the event that he loses Shane Steichen. The speed with which that that hire will come. Unbelievable. In the in the event that Reich is like, yes, that's where I would... Although it is a, it is a pretty attractive job because you get to call the plays. Yeah, you get to call the plays. Yeah. Uh, you get to call the plays for Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Miles <laughs> Sanders behind that offensive line. You want to look good yeah. as a play caller. Like, Shane's doing a great job, don't get me wrong. But you want to look good as a play caller... Good environment to step into. Uh, so to me, Reich is just like, yeah, like that that just that to me reads like something that uh that Sirianni would do. Fangio is more interesting. Uh Fang, like obviously both Reich and Fangio have been a head coach once before. Uh Fangio having taken this year off, I don't really know what he's looking for, right? Again, by the same token, if like you're trying to launch yourself back into a head coaching job, Philly's a good spot to be. Uh this defense is very much Fangio inspired. The front is quite different than what Fangio typically does though. So I don't know how much he'd be interested in that relative to like other options. I think Reich is more so like if Reich gets an offer, it'll be from the, well, he doesn't have to come in and run Jonathan Gannon's scheme. I mean, he could do what he wants when he comes in. Yes. I I, I'm saying, I don't know if it's as, as nice of a one-to-one fit. And I think that Fangio will probably have more, interest from other places than Reich would. And so I think yes. like they, they'd like it. I, I would like it. I think they'd like it. I think it'd be good. Fangio's worked with this Eagles staff. He's got his thumbprints on this 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 defense this year. So I think it's there. I think it's less of a certainty than, than Reich would be. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea. Just reading the question, I'm like, that sounds like a home run to me. I mean, Reich is great in that coordinator role. He's a shoulder to lean on. He's the guy Doug 
could bounce ideas off of. There was a mutual trust, a sounding board. Listen, the league is filled with sort of uh, egos and backstabbing and all types of fraught relationships. And Reich is, by all accounts, not that kind of guy. He is, and especially yeah. he already has the existing relationship with Sirianni. I mean, there's a trust there and admiration there. Uh, I don't think Reich is a, a self-promoter. He's good with players. He'll know his role. He won't overstep. All those things you would want from that offensive coordinator spot. So yeah, that would sound like a home run to me. And yeah, I just thought about it as we, as we were talking. I mean, the ability to call plays, because I was thinking Doug Peterson might say, hey, I want to call uh, Frank Reich and make him a senior football advisor. But that's going to be like a different spot where you're not there calling the plays and it's still Doug Peterson's offense. So I think Reich will have options, but uh, I would think that would make a lot of sense. But also, though, you know, Brian Johnson is the quarterback's yeah, coach. I don't know what his name. aspirations are, what he wants to do. But if you want to build that culture of promoting from within, uh, by the way, a minority coach on the offensive side of the ball uh, as a coordinator, you know, you don't uh, you don't have that right now. That would be another name to sort of uh, keep an eye on there. And then defensively, you know, Fangio's a little feisty. Like, like he doesn't have the right person. He's a little feistier uh, personality-wise. So I don't... I don't know what that, uh, you know, if Sirianni knows him well, you know, anything there. Obviously a great um, defensive mind. Uh, I think, like you said, he will have options elsewhere. I'll say this, Fangio is a big Phillies fan. You know, there was an article in The Athletic about uh, how he was enjoying this Phillies run and he was like all into it. I mean, he went to one of the playoff games. So listen, now's a good time to be in Philadelphia and catch those Phillies games for the next three to five years. There's nothing a... (laughs) <laughs> guy who's been coaching for like 30 years loves more than realizing he could like go to other sporting events. <laughs> and like, oh, baseball game. This is crazy, man. Like it just, it, it kills me. Vic is from Dunmore. He's from your neck of the woods, right? A Strasburg oh, no. High School, baby. Uncle okay, Vic. Okay, yeah. Big, my, uh, my sister's friend in high school growing up was uh, Vic Fangio's niece. And so this like, I was like not like, a, I was not like covering football at the time I was in high school. Um, but I was like, Vic Fangio, that's crazy. He's the defense coordinator of the Bears. He's the man. And then his niece would always be like, yeah, like, that's Uncle Vic. And so in my head, I always think of him as Uncle Vic. But yeah, he's from my neck of the woods. So I'd love a Vic Fangio. I would constantly reference that he's from Stroudsburg, incessantly. No one else would like it but me. We need to we need to create a, a Solak Fangio relationship somehow when we go to the combine, track him down or something. I mean, he he could be offering us film reviews just off the record on every Eagles game uh, if he doesn't become the defensive coordinator. All right, we'll work on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Maybe you've already done that. I mean, I don't I no, don't even blow I, up when your, he got uh, fired. Spot. I was like, this <laughs> is it. This is the opportunity need to find a way to talk to him. Be like, hey, I'm a big fan, and also I grew up 15 minutes from where you went to school. Yeah, and then I haven't done it because it terrifies me. Okay. I know it's hard. I'm with you. I don't. I don't like cold. I don't like reaching out cold uh, to anybody. I don't like introducing myself. I don't world. like. Yeah, I, I don't uh, like any of that. So I understand. All right. So we like we like that idea, Eden. All right. Question number five. Jackson asks, "All aboard the Super Bowl train of Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. Which team would you most want to play in the Super Bowl, and which team would give the Eagles the most?" problems what do you say this is a very tricky one i don't i i i struggle my answer i think the team i would most want to see is buffalo really i have them as my least want to play why so 
I mean, they're just, a, I, I think they're a very c- complete team. Now, they don't have Von Miller. It was uh, reported today. Yes. Von Miller's not returning. He tore his ACL, so that is a big deal. But uh, I think Josh Allen is just a, a nightmare. I mean, Josh Allen's, and it, listen, the same can be said for Mahomes and Burrow. You're talking about uh, three great teams. Exactly, but, yeah. Uh, just Allen with his legs, like you can do everything right over and over again, and you can have a plan for his legs, and then he can just like, you know, shove Kaiser White to the ground and pick up 23 yards or bulldoze Marcus Epps and pick mm-hmm. up. I mean, Josh Allen plays every game like it's the Super Bowl. So like we see the Super Bowl version of Josh Allen every week. And are there going to be some mistakes in there? Yeah, but he more than makes up for it. They've got the number one wide receiver in Stefan Diggs. That's tough to game plan for. I think they're very well coached and I think they're still very talented on defense now they don't have Micah Hyde they don't have Von Miller but they got Tredavious White back those young defensive linemen have gotten better for them Uh, I think they're the you know I I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl before the season middle of the season so there's probably that bias seeping in but I had them as the team that I just would look at and go you know that that would be uh, a tough matchup yeah so I there's 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 two pieces of the logic for me one was the Von Miller injury I just feel like you know, with uh, with like Kansas City, you have Chris Jones, like that's the star player. Cincinnati's a little bit of like a no star defense. You could argue Cheeto Wuzier should be that player. He's obviously out, but they have like Trey Hendrickson. I think is a really good outside rusher, right? They have uh, Jesse Bates, who's I think is a star deep safety. Those guys are available. Vaughn was really the star of this defense, especially in the non Tre'Davious White era, and Vaughn's gone. Tre'Davious White's back, but also not at all. Like in terms of how yeah, he's not hundred percent and availability, right? Micah Hyde, another one of the stars, like not available. So Jordan Poyer is back. The other thing is that uh, by uh, uh, I went to look at like defensive performance, Cincinnati and and Kansas City, sixteenth and eighteenth respectively in terms of run defense DVOA. Bills are third. I'd like a team I can run the football on. Uh, if I'm because all of these offenses, like you bring up, like Josh Allen certainly, but Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. They can just go cuckoo. Just they could just black out, and just it's a thirty-five point game. There's nothing you can do about yeah. it. So if if I'm choosing who I want to face, I love the team that I feel most confident I can run the football on up the field and keep the opposing offense on the sideline and win the game that way. And Buffalo to me is not that team. Uh, so that they, like, there's there's I was like, all right, the stars. I don't want Buffalo. And then I looked through the run defense, and I was like, wow. Maybe I would like, you know, maybe I, I'd like to avoid Buffalo. It's a very and just option. overall. I mean, yeah, they're they're fourth in defensive DVOA overall. The Bengals are eleventh. Uh, I think the Chiefs pretty clearly have the worst defense uh, out of the three. But then you're dealing with a yeah. certain man named Patrick Mahomes, who's the most uh, terrifying player uh, on yeah. the planet. So I had I think, the Bengals as the team I would I would most want to. Yeah, but go I, ahead. Sorry, finish no, yours. Yeah. I think I think for me, I, I'm I'm most confident that I don't want to face the Chiefs. I will. I will always take a non-Patrick Mahomes over a Patrick Mahomes until I'm demonstrably proven otherwise. I think Allen maybe is like on the way, not there yet. I definitely don't want the Chiefs. Bills and Bengals, there's there's different angles and there's different ways to talk about it. Like, in in the same way that, and the, like Cincinnati should be able to beat those corners, right? And then like the run, like but DJ Reader's back. Like their run defense is a lot better than 16th because they haven't Reader all season. Good I point, would not. Yeah. Don't give me the Chiefs. That's my final answer. <laughs> Everything else, I don't okay. care. All right. 
Everything else is on the table. Uh, I, I put the Bengals most want to play. I think you could get after their offensive line a little bit. By the way, all those teams, I think you could get, even the Chiefs have a good offensive line, but those tackles have not been playing great. Like, I think you have an edge there with yeah. Reddick and Sweat against uh, uh, Orlando Brown. And who is it? Wiley is the uh, yeah, Andrew right, Wiley. R- right tackle. So, yeah, you have an, sort of an advantage there. And then their defense uh, is not great. So, I think you're in that game. Uh, the Bills, you mentioned it, don't have Von Miller, don't have that star power, but are I just feel like Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are probably going to put together one hell of a game plan uh, on two weeks for uh, Jalen Hurts and how to stop this right. offense. And they're very well coached. But Lou Anarumo, I mean, he's put together more game-specific, Big great Lou. game plans as many, as many as any other team in the NFL. But I don't think their defense, like you mentioned, their corners are not great. They're probably not as uh, talented there. But uh, I would not want to face Jamar Chase. So I would say Bengals most want to play because I like your matchup against their offensive line and I, I laid out the case for bills least want to play but man those those would be a fun match those got my juices flowing a little bit thinking about uh, all those matchups those those yeah. would all be very fun all right question number six mike this this was one, maybe my favorite question uh, mike asked what would be the worst way to lose in the playoffs this probably speaks to me that it was my favorite question yeah, uh, say, good to know was... eagles fans are still <laughs> eagles fansing no matter what so he's got three things here. And one, this one I hadn't even thought about. Carson Wentz comes in in relief of Taylor Heineke and dices you off in the divisional round. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about the possibility of Carson Wentz being back in our lives in, a, in the playoffs, potentially. But that was interesting. Uh, number two, Cowboys come into the link and roll you in the NFC title game. That's never going to be fun. And number three, Big Red runs the ball down your throat and manages the clock to perfection in the Super Bowl. What, what do you say? Commanders with Wentz, Cowboys at the link, or uh, Big Red in the Super Bowl? What would be the worst way to lose? If the Eagles make the Super Bowl and lose to Andy Reid in a game in which the running game beat them, I'll be okay. Like, like I, I still... Yeah. I like I I don't know where most Eagles fans fall on this. I don't know where you're not an Eagles fan allegedly. You claim so I don't know where you fall on this. But I still root for Andy. Like I still love. Like when Andy wins, I feel like I win. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I grew up on him, right? So like if if Andy has a good clock management game and he beats the Eagles, and particularly like it's not even like they lose Mahomes. Like that's lose two Mahomes, I should say. Then yeah, I think the uh, that one makes me okay. Washington and the Cowboys are both horrible suggestions. Those both make my skin crawl. I think Dallas is worse because they'll be in the NFC Championship game. You'll be tasting it, right? You'll be you'll be right there, and it'll just be Dallas, who, like, when I make fun of the Cowboys, which I do fairly regularly, uh, I make fun of the fact that they haven't gotten past the divisional round in forever. I make fun of the fact that they can't find legitimate postseason success despite all the regular season wins, despite how star-studded their roster is. For them to to take that jab take that knife away from me while beating the eagles in philadelphia in the penultimate game i think that one hurts a little bit more relative to washington where like if the eagles are losing to the carson wentz led commanders and they deserve to lose the football game and i'll be mad at them much more so than i'll be mad at like the situation and the outcome in the event they lose to the cowboys uh producer cliffs agrees with you he says it has to be the cowboys without question not even close uh, I'm going to disagree. I think it would be the committee. Listen, if you lose to the Cowboys, the Cowboys are a really good team. If you lose to the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, now he does say, did he say roll? He does say roll you. All right, so that's yeah. interesting. So it's not a close game. They come in and they kill you. Yeah, I-, I could see why you would choose that. But if you lose to Carson Wentz 
and that commander's team in the divisional round, guess what? It, it changes everything you think right now about this team, this offseason, yeah. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, Howie. I mean, you name it. If you let Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz come into the link and you don't get past that freaking divisional round and you lose to them, I mean, that to me would be like an all-timer. I mean, you know, the Cowboys think you could say, all right, you, you were one win away. You still have a nice window. You'll you'll get them next year. I understand it would suck, but that, that would have the most damage long-term effects in my opinion losing to Wentz and the commanders in the divisional round it right. I'm curious what other, what listeners think about yeah. uh this one let us know it's a difficult one to prognosticate because you need to kind of like see and actually feel the game but yeah like I say now like oh Washington wouldn't bother me too much and now if if I'm watching Wentz like run around with his helmet <laughs> off celebrating the Lancome movie face uh great question Mike good job out of you all right question number seven uh, speaking of which, Ryan asks, how do the Eagles and Cowboys stack up with how they're currently playing? Will I ruin my girlfriend's family's Christmas Eve party by sulking over an Eagles lost? Uh, you you can get to the, the matchup part of it. I feel like I've got some advice for him in terms of the girlfriend's Christmas party. You're telling me I can't give, I, I don't give no, good you can. relationship no, advice? Just, you're you're right. So that married? wasn't fair. You're right. That wasn't fair of me. I want to hear what <laughs> no, you think about it. You're the you're the newlywed. This this is a young guy. He, my no, advice is probably going to be terrible. Uh, <laughs> the Giants are not. The Giants are less intimidating than the Titans overall. However, oh no, no, no. Are, you're go, you're going to you you you're, you th- sorry you yeah. mixed up. That's the next question. Oh, this my question is cow Cowboys. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Yeah, how, yeah. How I, do the Eagles stack up with the Cowboys? Yes. The Eagles-Cowboys game is a, like, they're, they're two of the best teams in the league. Like, in terms of, like, stack up, like, oh, situational. Both groups are really good everywhere. And so it, it's, it's like, yes. stack up-wise, there's just, like, all right, it's strength versus strength a lot across the board. The Eagles have, to this point, staved off a particularly bad injury bug, right? Like, oh, like, you know, they lost Dallas Goddard, but, like, tight end stayed okay. Avante Maddox, but Chauncey Garner-Johnson, but they had enough depth, whatever. The Cowboys got the injury bug at corner. Uh, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown now both look like they're going to be out long term. They were already a little bit uh, sketchy for depth at corner previously, and then they lost Brown for the remainder of the season. Outside of Trevon Diggs, it's a second-year player in Kelvin Joseph, who is not uh, is a is an athletic player, not playing super well this year. He's a young player, earning his stripes. Tough, 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 tough outings for him. And then they have this young rookie, rookie Nickel, who got his first major action against the Colts here. Deron Bland, I want to say the name is. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's right. Played well oh, last week. Yeah. Heck yeah, go me. Um, and he played well, but we don't really. Metal's not really been tested yet. We'll kind of see what he looks like. Uh, that plus the fact that Dallas they defend the run quite well for being like such a, a light team and such like a penetration oriented team in the front are still susceptible in the running game. They added Jonathan Hankins, kind of tried to improve that run defense, and it has helped. It's still a little bit where they're weaker when you see them struggling games. The 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 Packers lost. You see them struggling run defense. I do think the Eagles match up better for the Cowboys than the Cowboys match up for the Eagles. I, I do think that. And I think if you neutral fielded them right now, I think the line would be made like probably Cowboys by like one point more around a pick them. I can tell like, you what it would be. It, yep. it would be per unpredictable. Yeah, it would be z- the Cowboys would be 0.7 point yep. favorites. I know that doesn't exist, but uh, right. But like, you know, some, like right uh, between a pick them to one point. And I, and I think that that's again off basic power rankings. I do think the Eagles have the stylistic matchup a little bit in their favor. So very heavily uh, contested game in that regard. 
Per Christmas Eve, I will defer you to my expert on filial relationship, Shio Kapadia. No, come on. You got nothing on that? You, you probably have friends who might I, be asking you. I don't have any friends asking me questions like this. No one's talking about going to a girlfriend's Christmas party at my age. What are you, nuts? So from what, I, what I'm reading in here <laughs> is that his girlfriend's family is a Cowboys family or is this they're not a no I, I don't think so just like he he doesn't want to show up to this thing and be sort of a downer or being like oh my god i can't believe the eagles lost because i don't know he might be in the courting stage you 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 know you remember you know you don't want to believe a good impression this is potentially uh you know his his future wife he doesn't want to show up there and leave a bad impression so okay. he's saying like you know what does he do all right, so I'm trying to I'm, I'm looking through the old Eagle schedules, trying to remember. I think it was 2016, week 14. Yeah, Sunday, December 11th. This would make sense. The Eagles lost a nail biter to Washington. This was, yeah, uh, uh, Washington scored a touchdown uh, inside of two minutes remaining uh, to take the lead, and then the Eagles fumbled on the ensuing drive. They fumbled on the Washington 14. Carson Wentz was sacked by Ryan Kerrigan. That game I watched with my in-laws. Uh, it was one of the first times I met them, right? So this was 2016. Yes, yeah, so this was pretty on. Like this, I was just dating uh, Meredith at the time. And lo and behold, we get married a little bit later. Uh, they are not a football family at all. No idea what's going on. Just don't understand. Like to this day, like I've been, I've been dating Mare for six years. Been married for three years. And they're like, oh, come out this weekend in the fall. It's a Sunday, and we have to be like, no, like he can't. Like he, the football is on this Sunday. It's it's October. So nothing, right? No idea. And I watched that game, and I like was clenching my fists and grinding my teeth so hard like like, like it was like one of those like like i don't know if i like i don't know what i'm feeling right now i was so angry that they lost this is a, a a fourth consecutive loss for this this 2016 eagles team so my advice to you is shut up do nothing make no sounds act like you're a totally regular well-adjusted person and then in four years you'll marry her and in six years your in-laws still won't understand anything about football this has been in law help with Ben. The uh, the part about people not understanding what we do for a living is, is such an interesting thing. Like, as only when you work, like have these weird jobs that we have, you can only talk about it with other people who have weird jobs like you have. But it's so true. I mean, it can work both ways. Like when you get when you get you know when you want to get out of stuff, you can say, well, you know, yeah, my job. I got people have no idea. Like there could be like a you know a Sixers like playoff game in. April and while she'll probably can't come well I could come but yeah if you're yeah. gonna give me the out then yeah you're right I can't come so that could work uh both ways there I mean I agree with everything you said first of all about the matchup with the Cowboys I would pick the Eagles on a neutral field against the Cowboys uh right now I think they're slightly better I think they're both two of the top five teams in the NFL as we mentioned on extra point taken on the ringer NFL feed I think it's a two-team race I think yeah, I think one of those two teams is going to be playing uh, in the Super Bowl. But I would, I kind of have opposite advice of you. I mean, I would say now I, I think your advice. I don't know the girlfriend's family's uh, situation or like yeah. how they would react. If they're so Cowboys Ben's, fans, go to town. That's what they want. Yeah, but if they're not football fans, you have to act <laughs> like a regular person. Well, but I would say like, listen, if this is potentially your future bride, like everyone needs to know what they're getting into, you know, like if you, you can fake it now and then, uh, all of a sudden you're engaged and it's the Eagles lose on a Christmas Eve and you're going two years from now and you're acting like a maniac. And now all of a sudden they don't like their future son-in-law cause they thought he was one guy two years ago and another guy now they're just going to have to deal with it. Ryan, be who you are. The games are going to affect you. It's going to be a big part of your life every Sunday for hopefully the next 
next 50 to 75 years. I have no idea how old you are, uh, but that's going to be a part of the dynamic. So I would also say take your girlfriend's advice. She will know how her family will react and what they will find as like unsavory and what they will be able to deal with. So she should be the one to answer this question. But I would say, listen, do what you got to do. If it ruins a holiday Christmas uh, party, uh, so be it. You know, that's how it's going to be in future years. If it I will ruins say this. the Christmas holiday party, so be it. For you, that's yeah. advice, baby. <laughs> For you. I mean, you don't have to bring everyone else down, but if you're like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of hang out in the corner and, uh, you know, be to myself a little bit more, you're allowed to sulk. Uh, it, it's part of the fan experience. Now, I will say, remind, reminder to people, we said this in the postgame pod, the Eagles can lose that Christmas Eve game and still be the one seed. Everything's not on the line right now as we speak for that game. They go 4-1. and one, They win the rest of their games. They're going to be, uh, I think, at least a 7-point favorite, 6.5-point favorite in the rest of their games. Uh, then they can lose that Christmas Eve game. They'll still have a one-game lead over the Cowboys. They still own the tiebreak over the Vikings, and they will 100% still be the number one seed in the NFC. So let's not forget about that. All right, let's get into this Giants matchup a little bit. Tremaine asks, are the Giants just a significantly less intimidating version of the Titans? Good RB1, mobile QB, bad wide receivers, uh, stout defensive tackles, some speed at defensive end, just not as good across the board. So really, really, this is just a way to talk about this Eagles-Giants matchup coming up on Sunday. Yeah, so as a wise man once said, the Giants are not an intimidating or uh, the less intimidating. The Giants are, Frank, I forgot what I said. This didn't land as well as I was hoping. The Giants are less intimidating than the Titans. They're not exactly the same to the Titans. Like the comparison that was drawn was like, you know, very good running back one. And I would say that like Saquon's been struggling the last few weeks. Like, like and Derrick Henry certainly has, but like Saquon looks like, you know, health wise, is, is, he's got a bit of an issue. Mobile quarterback, Tannehill scrambles a little bit. Daniel Jones is like, He's got games of like 70 rushing yards. You know what I'm saying? They're using Daniel Jones in design running back, a design running game a lot more than Tannehill did. So like, there's some parallels, but I don't think that they're completely cut and dry. The thing that uh, stands out the most, re- uh, Giants relative to the Titans, is that the Titans want to rush with four, play zone, and then they'll situationally blitz you. But even when they blitz you, they're blitzing with four, they're blitzing with five, they're doing some disguise stuff. The Giants want to pitch gas. Uh, the Giants want to throw the kitchen sink at you. And then they'll play man coverage behind it, which is, which is different than what you're going to get from the Titans. Even when the Eagles had those one-on-one man matchups, they were manufacturing them with formations. And also, like, quarters, as Eagles fans know and watch, can oftentimes play out as man. The Giants will put dudes on line of scrimmage. Man all the way. Uh, this is the sort of game that projected to, like, you know, uh, like, this is a similar game to the Cardinals, right? Cardinals are, 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 are a similar team in terms of Vance Joseph and how he ended up playing the Eagles. So it projects more of, like, your, your screen game. You try to get your yards after the catch game and get rid of the ball quickly game. Uh, the uh, This is a very interesting test for Hurts versus the Blitz, something that he's improved on, something that we talked about a lot relative to, like, the Bucks and the Jaguars game. But we haven't really seen him against a super Blitz-heavy defense over the last few weeks. Giants are, are the most Blitz-heavy team in the league. Uh, and so there's that big difference to me. Uh, that will be a challenge for the Eagles' offense that they really didn't have to account for against the Titans. Titans were a very low-pressure team against the Eagles. Uh, there's no chance the Giants go down that same route. Yeah, I, I think you laid it out perfectly there. I mean, defensively, you mentioned it, 45% blitz rate, highest in the NFL, 49% 
man coverage rate highest in the NFL. And this is like a five-year thing with Wink Martindale. This is how he likes to play. He doesn't care really who the personnel are. And listen, they're 28th in defensive DVOA. And so it's very hit or miss. They will get burned and it won't stop them from coming back and doing the exact same thing. I will say they're healthier now on the defensive line. Like they're, you know, they're they're four guys. Thibodeau, Ojalari, Dexter Lawrence, who's played very well, probably the best season of his career. And Leonard Williams, like they're, they're no joke uh, up front with their defensive line. So you have a great offensive line, but this is a game where, you know, they're going to have to be really good because it's not just those four. Then they're going to blitz and they have guys who can win one-on-one matchup. So that's something to keep an eye on for the Eagles offensively. Uh, the Giants offensively, I was surprised with some of their numbers. You know, they're uh, 15th in offensive DVOA, 10th in passing DVOA. Now, a big part of that is what you mentioned, Daniel Jones's scrambling and also designed run game. I mean, he's run for 522 yards this season, which would probably surprise a lot of people. So they've really leaned into that. So that's something you have to be uh, be ready for. Uh, their tackles, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, both high draft picks. Their interior of their line, I mean, you should have a nice Edge there with Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, whoever else, Milton Williams, uh, Joseph, whoever else is playing on the interior. That's a spot where the Eagles have a big edge. So uh, some similarities, uh, some differences as Ben just laid out. All right, number nine, let us get to the voicemail line and then uh, give me the number so I can give everyone the number for the voicemail line after we listen to this caller. Hello, please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Sheila and Ben. This is Alex from Ambler, a uh, big fan of the podcast. Love your analysis. Uh, my question is, uh, now that the uh, Tennessee has fired their uh, GM today, um, uh, I'm concerned. Is Howie Roseman too good at his job? Like, should we be concerned that other teams and other GMs aren't going to want to make trades with the Eagles because they're afraid that they're going to get fired next? Um, and also, if the Eagles get too good, are other teams not going to want to trade with the Eagles anymore? And uh, do you think Harry Roseman did the Robert Quinn trade just to make it seem like, it, just to show that he's not perfect, he intentionally uh, kind of messed that trade up just to show other GMs that he is, you can still win a trade on Harry Roseman. So that's my concern. Is Harry Roseman too good at this job? Uh, thank you, and go Eagles. All right, the question was, has, is Howie Roseman too good at his job where other, G, you know, John Robinson gets fired? Are other GMs going to be afraid to trade with the Eagles, seeing what happened to Robinson after uh, the A.J. Brown game, the A.J. Brown trade here, uh, said obviously partially uh, in jest, and then did, did Roseman say, you know what, I'll, I'll trade for Robert Quinn, who's not going to do anything, just so GMs know uh, I'm not perfect. Ben, you wrote about the... Uh, the Titans today. How much do you think that AJ Brown trade and then the AJ Brown game played in John Robinson getting fired? I don't think that John Robinson was fired because AJ Brown embarrassed the Titans so badly. However, it's got to be a little bit of it, right? There's no way it's not like it, it, the timing is not a coincidence. I don't buy that. So, like, it's probably the sort of thing that's, like, you know, stewing and festering, then it reaches its boiling point, and kind of the lid pops off. Uh, Roseman's reputation as a trader, I think, is always going... I don't think the A.J. Brown trade is going to be, like, opening the league's eyes to the fact that Howie's usually really good at trades. And if you're on the phone with Roseman, there's a chance that you're on the wrong side of the deal. But, like, Mickey Loomis 
you know, was out here trading future first round picks to go get Trevor Penning and then three months later was sending Chauncey Gardner Johnson for a fifth round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like business is business in the NFL. Uh, I don't think that there's a, I think Howie's reputation is always, is his reputation. I think the Brown trade might add to it, but I don't think it creates one that, that like, you know, goes over some sort of line that's going to increase some sort of awareness. I also don't think that Robinson was traded, was fired exclusively because of the AJ Brown trade, but it certainly was part of it. And I'm not going to lie, that's kind of the best revenge game of all time. And there will be stories written about it. And they're like, hey, you, you, that is, has there ever been a revenge? Like, other good revenge games are like, hey, they beat our team. They beat the old team. This is like, hey, I got the guy who traded me fired. That's kind of incredible, if not a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, that that definitely uh, was wild. I mean, I will. I think Howie Roseman we probably deserves uh, credit for this. Is like you have to. There's been for years. Like I think Peter King wrote it like years ago. Like Howie Roseman is the guy who tries to win every trade, and GMs don't like trading with him, but he's still able to make these trades. And like you have to have relationships with the other GMs to know that AJ Brown is available. You have to have relationships with agents to know, hey, what is AJ Brown actually looking for? If we do give up this draft capital. Uh, to acquire him. And so uh, he's definitely done a good job there. I mean, listen, we can point to trades in the past that certainly did not work out for the Eagles and all indications, like you mentioned, are that teams will uh, will still trade for the Eagles. So I don't think they're you know at that level where it's just don't do any business with these guys. We're going to get fleeced, even though, hey, it's been a great year for them, both with that Saints trade and the Titans trade. All right. Before we get to predictions for Eagles Giants, I had a little life question uh, I need a little help with. Uh, this concerns pants. Okay. Right. Uh, how do you feel about ankle exposure? You know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. You know, like like I ordered, you know, some pants to kind of, you work out uh, in the pants. And so I tried on the pants. The pants fit well. I washed the pants. And it's always, this has happened to everyone. And this happens to me. I swear I'm using the settings. I'm supposed to use cold water, uh, tumble dry low. I take them out. I try them on. And now all of a sudden I got some exposed ankles with these uh, workout pants. Now I've seen guys wear the pants with the exposed ankles and they can kind of pull it off. But I don't know if this is how the pants are supposed to look or people are going to go, this man's pants shrunk why is he showing me so much ankle well i think we got to see the pants i got i this is this i want to i gotta see exactly what we're looking at here. you will not be seeing the pants you not seeing the pants fashionable <laughs> ankle exposure which is not a sequence yeah. of words i expected to say on philly special when i signed up yeah. for it i think it looks great i'm part of the young generation who likes it. oh uh, okay my brother-in-law who's a military man can't stand it. it's very funny he had to stand up in a wedding where he had to wear loafers like he like those like dress shoes like velvety dress shoes yeah so it's viscerally upsetting to him he talked <laughs> complained about it for a long time so we, we debate about this but i like it i think i think it looks nice i personally don't like i don't wear like dress pants that have like the the no break and have the ankle exposure because i i don't I got, I'm not too big for my boots. I, I can't carry that. I can't deliver on the promise. You got to be made. able to pull that off. Yeah. yeah. By your limitations. That I wear my joggers and I feel like this is, this represents who I am yeah. as an individual. Right. Um, so I think you're fine. You just got to wear it, you know, with your chest out, you got to wear it with confidence. I still right. would not like to give a full endorsement until I see just how much angle we're talking here. Workout. Yeah. That, ankle I, mean, exposure, I, I feel like it's weird too. Like, I don't know if that's a thing. No, it's like a, jo- it's like a jogger. It's a jogger. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that's what I meant by I love joggers. workout. Workout pants. So it's a jogger with a little ankle exposure, you know, to the point where, yeah, you can definitely see what kind of sock is this man wearing. I mean, you're not getting up to the shin. You're not that. But I'm going, how could anyone, you know, how could anyone like wear these and uh, and uh, or why are like large pants 
coming up this high. I don't know. I don't know if it looks weird. So so uh, hit us up, uh, hashtag ankle exposure, and let us know uh, whether I should wear it. Because I ordered more of these pants. I ordered a bunch of the same pant in different colors. And so yeah. now this happened to the first one. So now I have to decide, do I keep the other ones, right. wash them, or do I return the other ones? So all, so all pants that I own, I don't own a single pair of jeans. I hate jeans. Jeans are horrible. Yeah. Wow. All the pants that I own are chinos, like in terms of like nice pants, right? Yeah. And they're all from Target, Goodfellow brand, and they're all the exact same cut and the exact same <laughs> measurement, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I the, what a feeling. I to to be able to mass order pants and just know the way that they're going to look and feel confident in that. Oh, incredible. All the joggers I own are from Target, all the sweatpants I own are from Target, Goodfellow brand. I own zero pants that are not Target <laughs> pants. My life is so neat and so tidy. It's an unbelievable feeling. <laughs> That is a smart move and a veteran move. I will say this to all the, the young people out there. When you find a fit that you like, spam the fit. It's like the yeah. Eagles and four verticals last week. I mean, you don't need to be messing around with other stuff. If the fit is nice, get every color. You won't have to worry about that. Um, that, that is a smart move by you. All right. Glad we, glad, glad we got that through. Predictions for Eagles-Giants. Eagles, let me check. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites when the podcast started. Are they still six-and-a-half-point favorites? I'm looking at FanDuel.com. They are still six-and-a-half-point favorites. Listen, the Giants could be a little frisky in this game. I mean, that Commanders game a few weeks ago, I thought the Eagles were going to kill them. They did not kill them. But the Eagles are coming off, I think, their most impressive, most complete game of the season. Uh, I'm just very impressed with how they can win in so many different ways. I think the Giants are very limited uh, offensively, and they're limited in their secondary. And so uh, there's a chance for this game. They muddy it up. This game gets ugly. You turn the ball over a couple times. Some of those blitzes get home. Uh, yeah, that absolutely could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I was tempted to pick the Eagles in a big blowout, but I figured if you're going to pick them to cover, just pick them with a nice, calm cover and so i've got eagles 27 giants 20 in this game i have the giants covering uh, i think that a, i think a blitz heavy approach is an approach that that we've seen force this eagles offense to just not throw the ball as far down the field as it wants and not run the football as well as it wants uh they still are fine they're not as explosive uh and, and and if the eagles have like a great outing against the blitz i'm going to be scrambling for that answer of like, what's the blueprint to stop the Eagles defense right now? The answer is like, blitz, get Jalen hurts out to his left. That's like the only thing left. And if, if the giants do that and the Eagles put up 30 points and it's like, all right, there isn't a blueprint, just be better than them and hope they fumble it twice inside the 25 yard line. Like they did against Washington. You know what I mean? Like it, it we're getting to that point. So I, I, I do think the giants cover, I think this is a 23 to 17, 23 to 20 sort of a game. I think the Eagles win. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is close. The giants have the ability to rip off some explosives. Uh, the Giants wide receiver core, uh, as, as people have noted, uh, a weak group feels like the Eagles should be able to dominate. I'm here to tell you, like, that happens to the Giants every single week, and yet still they find ways to get, like, 25-yard catch and runs to Richie James. I like a Slayton. Darius yeah. Slayton's Darius I like Slayton, Darius right, Slayton. Excellent downfield. Yeah. I think they're hoping to get Daniel Bellinger back for this game as well, which will help them at tight end if memory serves. Daniel Bellinger, thrilled from return by scary injury. Right, uh, all but two snaps in, in this past game. And so... I think that their pass catchers deserve a little bit more respect than they're being given. Give me like, yeah, 23 to 17. Eagles win Giants cover. Well, that's a smart move. I mean, last week you didn't fade me and uh, it hurt you. 
right? We both picked the same. Uh, we both picked the Titans <laughs> I picked the to Eagles cover. To win. You picked the Titans to win. Uh, listen, oh, we were getting there. We were, we're grown ups. We're grown ups. We talk about against the spread. We're grown ups. Oh, wow. so don't right. give me this 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 straight up uh, nonsense. So I think this is a smart move by you because I can't pick an Eagles game against the spread, right? To save my life. All right, we'll be back to talk about it Sunday night. After the game, thanks to Benny Souls. Remember, get those questions in on the reviews, and we will get to them next week. Otherwise, we will talk to you after the game on the Ringers Philly Special. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.